You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Stick around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge. Thanks for tuning in. Well, it is Easter, and uh, this is one I think we will remember. You know, 30 days ago, I could not have imagined that we'd be celebrating Easter this way. We talked about an Easter egg hunt. We anticipate serving Krispy Kreme donuts. You know, the, the really cool ones that have the, the rabbits, you know, frosted on. Um, we, we went to two services for Lent to be ready for a larger Easter crowd. And here I preached in an empty room. Couldn't have guessed. Couldn't have guessed that that we would be doing this this way. COVID-19 has changed our world, at least for a season. Changes like this stay-at-home order bring stress. It, it brings out fear. It brings out frustration. I felt the tension in my body this week. And, and typically, I work out five, six times a week. And so I'm able to work out that stress. But but the gym is closed. And so like you, I'm trying to figure out a new normal for this season. And stress, stress sometimes can bring out the worst in us. Fear can bring out the worst in us. I know that, uh, I'm hearing stories that there are increased calls of domestic violence. And so there's increased tension within our families. Depression, loneliness, anxiety, and addiction plague our community under normal circumstances. And these circumstances are not normal. Too often, too often, each of us deals with our own emptiness. And this brought to mind a story that's impacted my life. Steve and Marge met at a Christian school in Spokane. They started dating not too long after meeting. And at the age of 18, Steve thought about going into the ministry, but instead he went to war. While Steve and Marge were married, when Steve came back from overseas after a year-long deployment... And when they left those church doors, it'd be another 20 years before they would return. Both Steve and Marge had this emptiness in their hearts. They tried to fill that emptiness in a thousand different ways. Um, one, one way is they, they tried to buy, buy their way out of emptiness, which, which led to debt, which led to more emptiness. Steve... Steve loved fast cars. His favorites were the 65, 66 GTL they had and the 69 RS SS Camaro. But even the cars couldn't fill that emptiness. In fact, Steve had a tendency to go through car after car after car. He never found the car that would fill that hole. And then, and then there was a boat and the myriad of houses that they owned. 
They even tried changing locations. And I'm not talking about moving across town, though they did that often enough. But sometimes they'd move from state to state just to move back again. Over and over again, trying to move, trying to fill this emptiness. And with each move, they felt more empty. And then there was alcohol. And with every empty bottle, they felt more empty. Steve saw his life spiraling out of control and saw the impact that alcohol had on his life. And so he went to Alcoholics Anonymous. And when he got to step two, which reads that we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, Steve returned back to his Christian roots that he grew up with. And he decided that Christ was his higher power. Well, out of that, Steve decided to return to church. Marge, on the other hand, she waited. She wasn't ready for that. And Steve would attend church for a year before she would join him. Steve shared with me once a, a prayer that he prayed that was pivotal in his life. He said, God, I think I had the wrong view of you. Will you teach me who you are? I think my perception is way off. And so from that point, I saw Steve grow in his relationship with Jesus. We would talk once or twice a week. And in our conversations, we would share about the things that we were learning as we were reading our scriptures. For me, it was in small groups. For Steve, it was in his Bible studies. And there were times I'd call him and I'd say, hey, I just learned this. And he's all excited about the thing I just learned. And Steve would say, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. Well, invariably, it'd be a month or two or three later, and Steve would call me and he'd say, hey, remember that conversation? I'd be like, yeah. He'd be like, yeah, I've been wrestling through that. And I see where you come from. Like, I, like, I believe that too. And so God taught Steve and Marge as they journeyed together. Well, a few years later, we had one of our toughest conversations. We were at a conference together and Steve shared with me that he had broken his vows with Marge. He had committed adultery early in their marriage. In trying to fill that gaping wholeness heart, Steve found himself emptier than he was before. And this was a secret that was destroying him from the inside. And I really think that's why he chased alcohol like he did all those years. This was a sin that nearly destroyed their marriage. They needed resurrection. Through the prophet Isaiah, God says this, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy 
and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Now, bread is a picture in the Jewish mind of the word of the Lord. He's saying, why do you chase after things that will never satisfy? Come, come, come and listen to me. He goes on to say, incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. God desires a relationship with you. And when you listen to him, when you let him provide for you, when you learn to trust him with your brokenness, with your emptiness, he brings resurrection. Paul talks about his own journey with letting Christ bring resurrection and how that resurrection transformed his own life in Philippians 3. He says, indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. All those things that Paul used to chase that he thought would bring the satisfaction that would fill his heart, even even the empty religion that Paul chased after. He says, I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death so that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Now, on the one hand, Paul is talking about the resurrection that will take place when Christ returns. But on the other hand, Paul is talking about the resurrection that we could experience now. That same power that raised Christ from the grave is a power that can work in us. The Holy Spirit can powerfully work in us to change us. He's talking about the resurrection of the heart. A resurrection from pursuing things that really don't satisfy. It may be Maybe you can identify, maybe, maybe this stay-at-home order has given you new perspective. Or maybe this stay-at-home order has caused you to question, why do I feel like this? Why do I struggle with these emotions? I love Lauren sharing about the anxiety that she's been facing. And how she's been inviting God into that. That's, that's what it looks like to ask, to ask the resurrected one to bring resurrection to her lives. And maybe this stressful time has revealed emptiness that lies just beneath the surface. An emptiness that we've hid from others. And maybe even from ourselves. And maybe you 
like Steve, find yourself being called back to God. This last weekend, I spent some time looking at my journaling after my mom had passed. And it brought me back to the moment when Steve, my dad, shared the secret of infidelity. I had three distinct emotions that day. First of all, I was shocked. I was shocked that my parents could experience the same kinds of things that I was always hid from. I was shocked that this marriage that I had put up on a pedestal was just as vulnerable as mine. I was angry. I don't know. I don't know if I could have hit my dad that day, but I, I thought about it. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was hurt for my mom. But I also had a heart of gratitude. And these three emotions seemed very opposite from each other. They didn't seem to want to play together, but they were there. I was grateful that my dad was inviting God into this secret place that he had kept secret for so many years, a secret place that was destroying him. And kind of like we are now in this COVID-19 shenanigans, as my friend Logan likes to say, I didn't know how that was going to work out. I didn't know how it was going to work out for my mom and my dad. I didn't know exactly what God would do. I knew what he was capable of doing, but it's still that, that journey is scary because we don't know how it ends. I trusted God to lead us through that. And the courage that my mom displayed in fighting for a relationship and in seeking Christ to bring resurrection to not only her heart, because she needed that, but also to her marriage. It took time for them to work through all the emotion, everything that came to the surface for both my mom and dad. They, the hiding that took place had a ripple effect. And so they had to work through all those parts and pieces and, and have all these conversations, not only with uh, each other, but with other people that journeyed with them with, within the church and, and with God. And they went on that journey together and, and I got to be a part of that and to see it and see the courage that my mom put on display step by step with community and with God on this journey, they were able to bring resurrection to their lives. And after God put their hearts back together and reset a firm foundation for their marriage, he birthed the ministry for them that, they, that led them to mentor countless of couples over the next 20 years. And they saw Christ bring resurrection to so many other relationships. It was 
So fun to watch God use them in that way. Apostle Peter, the one that Jesus said, and go tell Peter that I'll meet them in Galilee. Apostle Peter said this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. My parents had a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And though they had wrestled with emptiness for 40 years, and though they had tried to fill their emptiness through, through the things that they bought, through moves crisscrossing the country, through broken promises, through empty bottles, the only thing that filled them was the empty tomb. It's the only thing that completely filled them. The resurrected Christ resurrected their hearts. And Jesus journeyed with them until they were ready, until they were ready to let him resurrect every area of their lives. And so my question for you is, where are you at in your journey? Maybe, maybe you're just trying to figure out who Jesus is. Maybe you're just trying to figure out what it means to have someone go to the cross to pay for the penalty of your sin. Maybe you're trying to figure out how in the world can God love you when you know what your past looks like when you've experienced the shame that you've experienced, the pain and sorrow, the frustration, the empty promises, maybe that's where you are at in your journey. I'll just tell you, the resurrected one wants to resurrect you. Maybe you've been on this journey with Jesus for a season, but then you, you got frustrated and you left. You either got frustrated because people disappointed you or you got frustrated because you didn't understand what Jesus was saying. You didn't understand the scriptures. Like they didn't make sense. And so you just threw up your arms. The resurrected one is still for you. And he wants to continue on this journey with you. For some of us, we've been on this journey for a season. And yet there's still some things that we're like, ah, do I talk about that? Can I be that vulnerable? I love that Lauren was willing to be vulnerable with us about the fears that she's wrestling through. The things that come to the surface in, our, in the stressful times, that's, that's, that, that comes out of my own heart. Lauren's saying that's coming out of her heart. And 
She's just looking to the resurrected one to bring resurrection to that area of her life too. And that's my experience. I still find things in my heart more painful than I wish they were. It just reminds me of my need for a savior. It's still ongoing. And so the implication is this. The resurrected one calls you to live a resurrected life. Are we going to see fears? Are we going to have frustrations? Are we going to be angry? Are there sins that will still challenge us? Absolutely. But we take the time and take each of those moments to Christ and seek his face and pray. He will continue to bring resurrection to our lives. If we, if we talk about those things in our care groups, if we'll build transparent relationships as we live out being a disciple of Jesus Christ, the resurrected one calls you to live a life of, to, to live a resurrected life. And the call to action is this. Let Christ resurrect every area of your life. I am committed to let Jesus resurrect every area of my life because I want to pass on to my kids and my grandkids something different. And I'm, call them all the time to this idea of letting the resurrected one resurrect every area of their life so that their kids and their grandkids could have a different experience. I saw what God did in my parents. They finished the race that God set before them well. They ministered to hundreds of people. It was so cool to watch. I want that to be true for me, for my kids, sooner. If you are just coming to Christ, I want you to know that we welcome you. We want to journey with you. If you have questions about Jesus, if you want to talk about what it means to uh, be in relationship with him, please put in the comments below. Email us at info at missionridge.church. Let us know your questions. Let's, let's work together. Let's be on this journey together. We'd love to join you in that journey. And if you are returning to Christ, the invitation is the same. Let Christ resurrect every, every area of your life. And again, we want to be on this journey with you. God didn't make us to journey this alone. You don't have to face the fear, the shame, the frustration, whatever, by yourself. We want to journey with you in that. And so, that's our call to action today. Let this song, Resurrecting, help you to connect to Christ during this time. Let this song help you in your prayer right here, right now. 
cry out to Christ. Cry out to him. Tell him of your great need. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. Mission Ridge is a new church in Missoula, Montana. If you're in the Missoula area, we would love to have you join us for worship on a Sunday. For more information about Mission Ridge, connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, or online at missionridge.church. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at missionridge.church forward slash give. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a blessed week. We'll catch you on the flip side.